Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is the Unplayable Podcast here in Ranchi, reviewing day one of the third test. And at Stumps, Australia are four for 299. Captain Steve Smith finished the day unbeaten on 117 alongside the recall, Glenn Maxwell, on 82 not out. It was Australia's day and here to recap all the action is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey and Rambo for the first day of test cricket ever in Ranchi. It was a pretty good one. It was uh, played at a different pace to most of the other days we've seen so far in this series, wasn't it? It was uh, not exactly... Slow going, but it was a little bit more patient. It was a bit more uh, grafting, dare I say. A little bit less incendiary, a little bit less volatile, but no shortage of things to talk about, Sam. That's right. Let's start with uh, the toss, which Australia won. Steve Smith wasted no time in electing to bat first. Both sides made some changes. Australia were forced into replacing the injured Mitchell Stark and Mitchell Marsh with fast bowler Pat Cummins and all-rounder Glenn Maxwell. It's the first time, Rainbow's a bit of trivia for you, it's the first time since the fourth Ashes Test in August 2013 at Chesterler Street that an Australian Test 11 hasn't featured a Mitchell. There's one left in the squad, Mitchell Swepson, but at this stage, no Mitchells. Uh, no Mitchells and hasn't made a uh, significant amount of difference. But having said that, mm. both of those Mitchells who normally be in the team will mm. Well, more so bowlers are then the bowlers them to do anything today other than warm up and sit down. So Rambo, Steve Smith said on match eve, it was a race between two Victorian all-rounders for the number six spot. Why do you think they went for Maxi over Marcus? Looks like it's a pretty good decision at this stage. You'd have to say it's worked uh, given that Glenn Maxwell's unbeaten. His mm-hmm. first ever test century beckoning, if we don't want to put oh. the moz on him, but uh, he's a lot closer than he was this time yesterday. Uh, I would assume it would be pitch conditions as much as anything. Probably thought that they're not going to get a lot of use out of the third seamer. Um, they might not get a lot of use out of the f- two frontline seamers if the con- pitch continues to be slow and lacking in bounce as it was today. Um, and I'm assuming that if they, you've got four frontline bonnets who are going to do most of the work, your best option then is uh, another spinner. Maybe come, we saw India today mm-hmm. call on a few overs from there, part time off spinner, Marulli VJ. Um, just to break it up a bit. Um, and maybe they thought with Nathan Lyons with that spinning finger injury that he has, the callus that has been such callous. a... It's been more of a focus than Jacques was in the latter part of his career. <laughs> uh, whether they thought maybe give him a spell, we got someone to come in and bowl like for like off spin. Then there is Maxwell's batting, as we saw today. Like, you know, he, he can bat. And not mm-hmm. saying that Marcus Stoinis can't, but he probably hasn't played as much on these kind of pitches as Glenn Maxwell has with his IPL experience. And, and the turnaround, surely. And they had two full days to get ready for this test match, Marcus Stoinis. Yeah, I think it's asking a fair bit, isn't it? I think he would have come into the equation if there had been a bit of you know, up and down bounce like we saw in Bangalore when a, a seamer might have been a bit more use. Um, but in the end, they've probably gone for 
Glenn Maxwell's batting above all else and uh, you'd have to say that at this stage they've made the right call. Mm. India made one change with Murali Vijay coming back in for Abhinav Mukond who replaced Vijay in the second test. As has been for the two previous test matches, a lot was made up about the pitch in the lead-up to this test match. It was brown, it was dry, grassless, but uh, for all its doubters, it's played pretty well. It's flat, that's for mm. sure. It's uh, It's not got a lot of anything in it for bowlers other than a bit of heartache, I think. Um, mm. There's a couple that bounced early in the day that looked a bit, uh, when the ball was hard and new, um, which is going to be fairly crucial while it's still got a bit of that... Uh, sheen on it um it may have to be carry but after that it was just barely got above knee height most of the time um the bowlers were clearly targeting the stumps thinking that uh, that's the mode of dismissal that's going to come into play um so you'd have to think that uh it's not we were told it's going to spin from ball one there were people saying that it didn't because they opened with the fast bowlers but mm. uh it may take turn as it goes on whether it doesn't look like it's sort of churning up as much as the, the bangalore pitch did um, so it's probably a bit closer to the Pune one, but not quite as dry. They were pumping water into it or sprinkling water on it up until the test eve. So um, it's got those strange couple of bare patches. It's certainly uh, not paying too many tricks, as you can tell from the scoreline. And the wickets it did fall were probably more batter error than mm. bowler genius or pitch devilry. Now, I'm sure the Australians expected the wickets to spin, but is this the one that they kind of expected, saying that they needed to score 550, 600 in their first innings? That hasn't been the case because of the wickets in the first two test matches, but this sort of flatter, more road-like pitch, is this the one that the Australians were probably expecting they would eventually face in this series and would have to score big like they have done today? I think so. I think this is probably closer to the ones that they had during the England series here late last year when there were some quite big scores. I think India at one stage posted over 700 Mm. in one of their first innings. Um... And they've always been talking in the lead-up to this series, Australians have been preaching adaptability and resilience. So they probably had to adapt a bit today when they thought this thing was going to maybe spin, be difficult to bat on, have come out and realised that it's actually probably rolled mud and it's not doing a lot. So they've adapted to that. They've uh, banked heavily on their defence. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of overtly attacking shots. They knew that they'd get value for the shots they did play. Once they beat the infield, it was pretty much guaranteed a boundary because of the speed of the outfield. Um, so they could uh, adapt their games, think on their feet, change the way they were going to play if they were thinking it was going to be a raging turner, but also the resilience of hanging around, putting some value on your wicket, um, which is certainly what Steve Smith and Glenn Maxwell did in the, the second half of the day. Australia got off to a flyer, Rambo reaching 50 inside 10 overs before David Warner fell for 19, miss hitting a low full toss back to the bowler, Ravindra Jadeja. Warner now averages 24 from 13 innings in India. Rambo has looked good in almost every innings. I think his lowest scores 10, his top scores in the 30s, but he just hasn't been able to kick on. Uh, no, and he was uh, quite obviously filthy with himself when mm. he got out today. I mean, there was all the talk that was how the pitch would behave and how tricky it might or might not be. He's didn't even the pitch didn't even come into the equation it's going out no. of the bowler's hand onto the bat and straight back to the bowler so mm. um the ball before he played a fairly uh, decent cover drive for four uh looked like he was uh, getting into his groove like you say they were scoring quite well even matt renshaw was uh, rattling along at that stage um so i think david warner was of the view that there were runs there to be had if he stayed in and the fact that he basically got himself out um would play on his mind and his, uh, I think it's more than two years since he scored a century overseas. The mm. Abu Dhabi test against Pakistan in late 2014, my research team who were 
communicating sporadically from the wherever they are tell me so um it's been a bit of a a drought in terms of three-figure scores for him when he scores so heavily in Australia. He was probably through that shot a little bit earlier. I think his eyes lit up and he thought this one's going the distance, but it got, probably got to him a little bit slower and he thought he was through the shot too early. He went back to Jadeja and made no mistake. His partner, as you said, Matty Renshaw, he raced by his standards to 44 from 66 balls before he fished at a wide ball from Umesh Yadav and was caught behind. During his stay, however, Rambo, Renshaw became the first Australian to score 500 runs before the age of 21 ahead of the next best and your old mate Clem Hill who set the mark in 1898 two questions what was Clem like to watch and secondly how impressive has Renshaw been to the start of his career uh, Clem was a gem and there's not many big hills in Adelaide but Clem was certainly one of them when he came and played there um, and Renshaw yes uh, <laughs> who is much bigger than Clem uh, in small fairness. guy uh, yeah but you know he probably got a much better diet Clem wasn't big in the gym back in the day no. uh, he was catching rabbits and walking to and from training was pretty much his uh, his regime. Um, he's uh, looked very comfortable in everything he's done, Matt Renshaw, mm. over here for someone who has never played in India, never eaten Indian food, never experienced India. Um, found that out in the first test. Found that out the first <laughs> test. There, <laughs> the are hard some, way. there are some things you need to <laughs> be careful of in way. India. Um, he's learned that very quickly and has pretty much been on the field the whole time since mm. then. You know, he hasn't had to make any dashes off in emergencies. Um, he certainly dashed off this morning when he got started. There was a flurry of boundaries, partly because the outfield, as we said, so fast and the field was up. He just had to get a couple on the bat and pick a gap and it was going to scoot away. Um, but he looked to be uh, reasonably untroubled until he probably, again, like David Warner, got himself out. Mm. Sean Marsh fell for two, caught at short leg off the bowling of Ravi Ashwin and at lunch Australia were three for 109. Then 10 overs after the luncheon interval, Virat Kohli, India captain, dived to save a boundary and fell hard on his right shoulder. Rambo, he immediately grimaced and left the field and he didn't return. Kohli is set to have scans tonight and we'll know more tomorrow morning. Irahane, the vice captain, took over the captaincy reins in Kohli's absence. But it's fair to say India lost their way without their inspirational general out there. Rambo? Uh, yes, he's very much a, uh, a sort of talismanic leader, isn't he? He mm. uh, sets the, the pace, he's the... In your face, he's combative, he whips the crowd up, he gets his team going. Um, so when he left the field, um, and initially we were told it wouldn't be for long, so maybe that's what the team thought, that he would be back out shortly. And I don't think Ajinkya Rahane did anything particularly uh, untoward as captain. It just they did, The energy level seemed to drop. Um, and I think Matt Renshaw said at the day's end they probably weren't as in their face from the outset as they were in Bangalore. It's pretty hard to maintain that level of intensity. That was a fairly intense match. Mm. Um but, uh, yes, it's a demonstrable change when Coley's not out there. Uh, they did seem a little bit, uh, not listless, but a bit, uh, you know, going through the motions at times. But even with the plans, how many times did we see the bowler be surrounded by Ashwin, Rahane, Jadeja, the senior guys, trying to come up with a plan? Normally, Coley has that. It's his way. He knows what's going on. Whereas today, when Coley was off the field, there was a lot more group discussion about decisions out there. Yes, that's right. He is very much... Uh, the man in charge, we know that, um, and he has very clear ideas of what he wants to do. He ro- rotates his bowlers around, he gets fields, you know, changes them quickly, makes plans on the that he uh, implements. He's a bit like a field marshal. He just gets mm. people going in the right direction, um, and in you know, it was typically Virat the way he injured himself too. Like I said, chasing a ball all the way to the fence, he was probably only half a chance to catch, and then diving headlong towards the rope to try and reel it back in, which he did. So mm. setting an example with the rest of his team that every run was precious, but in the in the process, that's a fairly 
hard outfield, as we mentioned. He landed on the point of his shoulder, um, grabbed it immediately, and one of his uh, teammates signalled to the dressing room, which is allowable when you're hurt. You can look to the dressing room if you're uh, in pain to get people to come out and help you. So we're not That's confirmed. Yep. Any aspersions there? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a very virat thing to do. You know, throwing himself literally into the contest, but uh, he came up with having paid a price. Does this mean, well, crystal balling here, Rambo, but if he doesn't return... That's not a medical term, is it? Not, well, not yet. We'll find out tomorrow. But uh, if he doesn't return, how much of a blow is that for India? Like, what chance does that take them off? Do they go from an 80% chance of win this test or a 50% chance down to a 25? I mean, where does that put them if you can't... First of all, be in the field as a captain, and second of all, bat? Uh, well, it would be a huge loss... Uh, because if you're a batter short, then he is, regardless of his numbers in this series so far, he mm. is their number one batsman, mm. if you look at rankings. Um, and not just his tactical and um, the input of his character, but he's also the, the kind of rallying point around the whole team. That he's, while they're out there, they seem to grow an extra leg almost because they've got Virat, he's in the opposition's face. They can sort of almost... Stand behind him. It's like a street fight when he's your uh, your front man. You can all gather behind him. You know you've got a very powerful gang, but they kind of dissipate a bit when he's not there. So it would be a huge loss. I don't know if that reduces their chances of winning. They've still got ten very talented mm. cricketers out there, and by no means do we have any information that Devirat might not. He might be wake up in the morning feeling could do absolutely chipper and be out there. He might just be cranky. He's got a sore shoulder, and that might you know, beware the injured player, as they say. Was it just tennis? You say that. No, I think it's cricket related too. He can't bat till he's spent a couple of number of hours on the field now. Uh, he won't be able to bat till he makes up that time, and then unless five wickets fall, so he might come in at number seven. We'll find that out more tomorrow. Just a quick one. Talk about street fighting. Have you been involved in much street fighting, Rambo? Were you the front man of those gangs? Uh, no, no, I was very much the. Uh, I won pretty much every fight I've been by, in by at least twenty meters. So. Right. The final wicket to fall on day one was Peter Hanscom out LBW for nineteen. Hit flush on the front toe by a reverse swinging yorker by Umesh Yadav. From there, it was all Smith and Maxwell. When Smith reached seventy six just before T, he became the third fastest Australian to five thousand Test runs, reaching the milestone in ninety seven innings behind that guy Bradman and Matthew Hayden. Smith went on to record his nineteenth Test match ton, second of the series, the only player to reach triple figures on either team in the three Tests so far. Unlike Pune Rambo, where he was dropped several times, today's inning was faultless. So, what stood out for you? Oh, just his patience. I think uh, he was incredibly patient, um, willing to back his defence, as he said. And he, that move when he's got across his stumps becomes even more kind of extravagant when he's um, facing these pitches, low, slow pitches, where the risk is you know, the full pitch ball that you don't get your bet down on in time, as Peter Hanscom discovered, or the the one that shoots along off the deck. And if you're not if he gets outside his stumps, he kind of figures he's got more chance to not just defend it, but maybe even whip it away through the leg side and create some scoring options. Mm. Um, he didn't play that many scoring shots. I think it took him the best part of six or seven overs to get from 90 to 100. He was uh, really struggling to find gaps in the field and just not wishing to, to play any risky shot at all. Um, but it, was a, it wasn't a textbook innings, I don't think he would up there was one of his best in terms of style or technique but it was um their concentration and perseverance uh, and in the end he was making them bowl to him mm. and playing the shots that he wanted to play and apart from one slight mishit that uh, off 
Jadeja that almost landed in mid on. I don't think he played a false stroke for the entire day, which on an Indian pitch that you know, is not it's not a bad pitch, but it's not the easiest to bat on. Um, that's a fair achievement. And you wrote on cricket.com.au after the play about the tale of the two skippers today, Rambo, how completely different their days have been. Just where does that put Smith now in the series? He's the only way to score a century. He's got two of them. Australia's big players, their senior players, needed to stand up in this series, and he's doing exactly that, leading by example. Uh, it is, and there's a lot talked about in the lead-up to this series about the sort of head-to-head Smith-Coley. Um, Virat hasn't been great with the bat. I mm. He's reached 20 in his four innings so far. Uh, and Smith, as you say, with two centuries. And I guess the big test for him tomorrow is to... They've always talked about batting big and someone going on and making a big 100. So mm. if he can push on past 150, get a couple of guys to stay with him and they can start to threaten that 500 total that they talked about so many times, then um, it puts them in kind of pole position in this test at least. And um, you know, it would be a huge achievement for Steve Smith, who uh, was one of only two players, I think, to score a century during the Sri Lanka tour when all of the batters struggled yep. he and Sean Marsh were the only ones and that was in the last test Does that come from the research team uh, no that was because I was there I don't oh, right. remember that uh, occasionally it pays to turn up and have take a couple of notes myself <laughs> um, so yeah he's uh, he's been by far the sort of the standout batsman um, for the Australians and probably for both teams uh, to the way he's managed to refine his game and uh, has put his team in a pretty strong position at the end of the first day as a result Smith's partner in crime was Glenn Maxwell, who played only one reverse sweep Rambo. I know that's your go-to shot, but he batted for 194 minutes, 113 balls. He had two sixes. Uh, Glenn Maxwell innings isn't an innings unless he's hit a six. He's hit two of them, but they were controlled shots. They weren't dirty slogs by any means. Australia, like a seam bowling around uh, Rambo, but if Maxwell can go on and put a big score on the board, get that made in Test Match Century, can he make number six his own? Um, yeah, there'll be certain conditions when they certainly look at him. Um, he... His bowling probably isn't a go-to option at the moment. Depends, mm. I think in Australian conditions they still like that third seamer, a because they're more benefit in B in case one of the front line quicks breaks down. You've got a uh, someone up your sleeve, whereas uh, someone can always bowl a few overs of spin if needed. Um, but he was clearly working very hard on his defence before he came on this tour. He'd always thought that he his subcontinent was his chance to get back into Test cricket. Um, he was disappointed when that tour to Bangladesh was postponed. 2015, he thought that might have been his vehicle back. So um, you have to say he's taken his opportunity. He's uh, played very much within uh, limitations. He's not pulled out the extravagant shots, as you said. Uh, But when the ball's been in his hitting area, he hasn't been frightened to go over the top. Uh, Though certainly those sixes he hit were not uh, outrageous by any means. They would have hit straight down the ground. Um, He was angry with himself a couple of times when he tried to manufacture shots that may have got him out. Um, you could see him berating himself and banging his bat into the turf. So he's clearly set himself to uh, to bat like a test match batsman. And you've got mm. to say in that innings, that's pretty much what he's looked like so far. And he's always said when everyone asks him about test cricket that test cricket is his best format. And Australia's had a lot of problems at number six. Maxwell's score today is the highest by an Australian number six since Steve Smith's 100 in Centurion in February in 2014. We were there for that one, Rambo. Remember that one? Uh, yes, that was a great hundred from Steve Smith at number six. But he's 
done something that no one has been able to do since then is provide a bit of stability, albeit only one innings. And we're not, we're not going to jump too far in the future here, but that's what Australia need, don't they? They need runs at number six, and Glenn Maxwell given that one chance, he's taken it. That's all you can ask, isn't it? And uh, whether even bowls in this series or in this Test match, we don't know. Um, there's some talk that the Test series after this will be in Bangladesh. They mm. may be going back there before the Ashes uh, in Australian summer. So you have to think that if he does well in this Test gets picked for the fourth test in Durham Shalar that he would uh, maybe shore up a spot and give him, might give him another two games in Bangladesh if they play there. Um, it makes a pretty... gives him a chance to really build a case to be that number six batter. Mm. Um, and then it's up to them pitch conditions. But um, he's certainly taken his opportunity here. Um, his bowling is a bonus. And as we know, he's a, a super fielder. So he does bring a lot. Um, he could be that... Andrew Simon's type of player that can you know come in and actually yeah. change a game in a short space of time. Um, Andrew Simons did bowl a bit of off spin, I think, occasionally every now and yeah, then. But mix it up. More usually the the same. I don't know what Glenn Maxwell's medium pace is like, but maybe that's the thing. He seems to be able to do everything else. Why not try a few seam up overs of uh, medium fast? Now remember, a day wouldn't be complete without a bit of DRS drama, and we saw that when Glenn Maxwell was given not out to Ishant Sharma, LBW. Bowler was pretty convinced. Collie's off the field at this stage. Rahane called for a review. But before we even got to ball tracking, replay suggested that Ishant overstepped. Didn't cost India a review. But once again, that front line costing India a potential wicket. Not the first time we've seen it in this series. Not the first time we've seen a DRS. Someone suggested to me there might have been a DRS controversy before then, but that was just Virat's damaged right shoulder. Mm. But yes, you have to think that if India hadn't called for the review on that LBW, then the no ball wouldn't have been discovered, mm. in which case Australia wouldn't have got the bonus run that comes from the no ball. If this test is decided by one run, they may regret calling for that review. They could do, they could do. I think ball tracking ended up showing that it was going to be umpire's course, those clippings, so Maxwell would have survived. But that one run, who knows, Rambo, that could be very vital. That's right. Could be one of those pivotal moments. I think there's been a couple of those in the series so far. We've had wickets from no balls. We had one from the off-spinner in Pune. Uh, who knows? Smith and Maxwell put on 159 for the fifth wicket, the highest fifth wicket partnership for Australia and India. To see Australia at stumps at four for 299, they knocked off the 145, previous best by Clark and Wade. Now, the big question is, Rambo, where can we see this game going tomorrow morning? Matthew Renshaw spoke after the day's play, and he said that uh, the first session is crucial, the most important of the series. They win that. They're going to go a long way to winning the Test Series. Is that how you see it playing out? Or is it that crucial first hour that you always talk about? Oh, the, we said that before, that the first hour is important. I think so. Well, the first hour, then followed by the next hour. But, yeah, you'd have to think that uh, with 300 on the board, mm. well, virtually 300, um, if they can push on, uh, keep India in the field. India, don't forget, uh, at the end of a very long test season, I think this is their 12th test match, stretching back to September. Um, so then bowlers will be feeling the pinch. They've only got four bowlers, four frontline bowlers, so they're having to do a lot of overs. They've already... Doubts over whether their captain will be fit to uh, take and get to the field tomorrow or bat when required. Um, keep them out in the field. Uh, they start to feel like the the game's you know, slipping away from them. Um, they can get a bit dispirited. So there's all those things that come into play if they can bat. However, if they do lose a couple of quick wickets, um, you've really only got Matthew Wade and then into the bowlers after that. So um, if they were to, as they have done a couple of times in this series the bottom half just falls away without Mitchell Starks hitting power there 
um, they'd be very disappointed, I think, not to capitalise on the start they've made. So, yes, this could be the pivotal session of the series, Sam, if they can bat through until lunchtime, at which time they should have um, the best part of 100 more runs, possibly beyond that, then it sets it up for uh, to be the front runners in the match. Awesome. Okay, we'll be back after day two. Rambo, you're going to be here with bells on? Uh, I don't think bells. I might just wear sensible footwear uh, and uh, long sleeves. All right, until then, head to cricket.com.au for all your new scores and video on Australia's Qantas Tour of India. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.